From the DNA Company, this is the Unpilled Podcast with your host, Kashif Khan. Hello, everyone. Kashif Khan here, CEO of the DNA Company. Thank you for joining us to listen in on diving deep into DNA and try and understand this thing that we've thought was going to be this jewel of information that was going to change everything. You know, why hasn't it touched all of us yet? And it's starting to get there. And we're asking ourselves questions that are general questions, like one we're going to explore today, you know, genetically blessed. I'm a supermodel. How did I get there? You know, and we look at things like, you know, somebody's physique or their mental capacity or their ability to perform and wonder why is it different? And up until recently, you know, the answers really weren't there. We've been studying genetics for decades now but we went in the wrong direction. We were looking for only solving genetic problems. I was born with something, how do I fix it? Meanwhile, that's a very small part of what actually touches all of us and the things we need to deal with. And this is where, starting with the thing I just said, let's actually talk to a supermodel. In fact, Canada's first supermodel, arguably the greatest ever, I'm willing to say that. Monica Schnar is joining us today. And we're very lucky to have her with us. And let's ask that question. Let's figure out, you know, is there anything in the genome that speaks to profession, you know, achievement, uh, physique? It's not just about that. It's also the ability to perform. You know, how did Monica get there? So Monica, first of all, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. And we were, you know, a, a little while ago, just a few days ago, we actually explored your DNA. Yes. And it was pretty interesting because prior to this, we were able to dive deep and there's some things that you kind of knew were going on, but didn't know why. And there's some things that were like, oh, I didn't even know that. And you know, blew your mind a little bit. So, and the first thing like people ask, they ask us about athletes, they ask us about executives, they ask us about people in your professional models, actors, like, is it like a genetic lottery? How did I get there? Right. And there's something to be said about that. And we, we dove into your hormones and that really pointed to a lot. Right. And I remember before speaking, we said that there's things that people with sort of this physique, like what does it take to walk down the runway? Tall, slender, uh, probably toned muscle. Right. If we talk about it, you know, by, at the biochemistry level, I said, you know, that's often tied to fertility issues. And that's where you kind of paused. And what did you tell me? Well, it was really interesting what you said about a lot of women in my profession are probably higher on the testosterone level. Yes. And, um, and that it's tied to infertility. And I actually struggled for years. Um, my husband and I tried for six years to get pregnant and lost pregnancies. And so it was really fascinating to me. And I said to you, you know, you mean you, I could have saved $30,000 in IVF treatments. <laughs> and you said, you know, it, it may be, you know, um, but it was very, it's fascinating to me how on one hand, of course, I feel so blessed and um, you know, I, um, I haven't always struggled with my weight. And, but then on the other hand, there are these other issues when you have high testosterone levels that you even you might be athletic and you might be able to get ripped quicker, but you also maybe have uh, fertility issues. So that was really interesting to me. And that's the trade-off where, you know, people wonder what, what, what determines our body shape, style, our ability to retain fat or muscle, our ability to get rid of fat or muscle, you know, depend, mm -hmm. it's 
primarily hormonally driven. Yes, there's food and there's lifestyle and things that can augment that somewhat. But that core foundation of what do I look like, mm -hmm. that's hormonal. And tied to what other pros or cons come with any body type, there's also healthcare implications, being those same hormones that drive what do I look like, drive what's going on inside. And this is why we're able to say that just by looking at you, what we refer to as androgenized, it doesn't mean that you only produce testosterone. Everybody goes through the same process. You produce progesterone, which converts to testosterone, which converts to estrogen. What you do in that process, that's a gamble. There's so many different directions, so many versions, so many. And so it's almost call it infinite. And this is where we started. It started at this infinite we don't, there's so many different people. How do we treat them? And where we landed was truly remarkable. We didn't expect this. There's actually six different types of women. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hormonally there's six women and, and nobody, we even didn't know that. Right. And we only know that because we spent so much time working with female hormone issues that we started to see the trend that over and over and over again, women fell into one of six buckets. So we went from this thing that was not understood to like infinite possibilities to bring your right back down to you fit in one of six buckets. And this is why we're able to say, you look like this, you probably had fertility issues because mm -hmm. this, the, the things are connected in that bucket. But there's other issues that come along with it. Like for example, hair loss, mm -hmm. right? The estrogen dominant woman, not, you know, not what you're experiencing, what gives you that fit physique ability to put on muscle and have that six pack if you want, yeah. but you don't have necessarily the estrogens to have that beautiful flowing hair, which somehow you manage to, make it work right but it, as you said and we were talking last week that you currently experience some issues with that so yeah recently I've been you know losing my hair and um I mean it doesn't look like it when you see me but I I had like double the amount and I was just um I was really concerned about it and I do I didn't really think um much more than that it was my age I didn't think right you know, hormonally or um, my DNA, I didn't think any of that had anything to do with it or um, the, the things we've talked about on the phone. And so it's been really enlightening um, in that regard. And it's hard if you don't know why it's happening, you don't know how to fix it, right? And this mm -hmm. is where, when we look at, we talked about these six different profiles, you know, it's, it's rooted in three things. It's first of all, hormone dominance, you know, am I estrogen dominant or testosterone like yourself or my co I'm somewhat in the middle then there's estrogen toxicity do I produce a clean estrogen or is it toxic and then there's also testosterone toxicity it could be a very clean testosterone or it could be what's called DHT this potent manly man version which I would assume a lot of supermodels have which is why they have skin issues and hair issues but they're mm -hmm. the perfect slender figure then there's the clearance so between those three things we can identify, firstly, am I estrogen or testosterone dominant? What do I kind of look like? Then is it, uh, you know, am I producing a toxic byproduct or not a not so toxic byproduct? And then how well am I clearing that thing to begin with, right? So between those three things, we end up with these six different types of women. Mm -hmm. And they're, again, come with their benefits, come with their problems. You've experienced both sides of that. And the hair loss, you know, when you get to menopause age, it's the roller coaster, right? The hormones, you're no longer the monthly cycle isn't what it used to be. And if you're androgen dominant, you know, at the point of the beginning of your cycle is when you have the most testosterone and the least estrogen, right? It's okay. a circadian rhythm. It's up and down. It's not the same way. And this is why so many women have challenges with 
women's supplements, you know, women's hormones up because you're seven different people within that month. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this. It's not, and, you know, fertility time, testosterone goes way up to create that drive, right? Mm-hmm. Lining time, estrogen goes up to create, so it, it changes, right? So, and so you need to change with it in the terms of what you're doing. Uh, and this is where that's within the month. Now within your lifespan, it changes, you know, puberty versus fertility age versus menopause age you look very different in terms of what's going on at the biochemistry level. And that's where you experience that point where you reach that threshold where your body couldn't cope and the hair started to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And tied to other things. And one thing that I commend you on, and I don't know how you did this, but your ability to metabolize fats and carbs and, you know, it's, it's so wacky, but somehow you maintain, and I just can't imagine how much work you put into, you know, Kashif, the truth is that I've, over the last two years and coincidentally it's when I started keto that I've been gaining weight and um, I hide it really well but I'm 20 pounds heavier than my model weight which is my my ideal weight for working Um, and um, and I didn't know what I was doing wrong I don't eat carbs I work out every day and then so when you came along and I had this test it actually was so enlightening and inspiring because I I didn't know what else to do I was kind of at the end of like what am I supposed to eat I can't eat anything the truth is you found out and maybe you can speak to um, the science but that I can't metabolize fats and um, and as you know every everyone knows uh, keto is high in fat and it's high in dairy and I also can't metabolize dairy so yeah and when you think about, you know, that the current healthy plate with the avocados and the, you know, all the fats and the coconut fats, et cetera, for you, it's, it's not, it's not good. It doesn't work. Right. No. And this is where that trial and error, you know, people that are struggling with weight that have whatever their goal is trying to get there. It's challenging because you keep trying things that people say work and ultimately something will work for you, but to get there is often a challenge, right? You may be lucky and hit it the first time, but often that's not the case. And this is where, you know, personalization and knowing how you're wired, you have the answer off the bat. And if you had known earlier on, think about somebody who's on the keto diet that can metabolize fats beyond the weight. Think of the havoc you're wreaking internally in terms of you know, cholesterol, fat storage, et cetera, and organally, cardiovascularly, it's, it's, it goes far beyond just the aesthetics. And this is where ultimately, you know, shifting your diet around, you've been able to do what your body actually needs. And that thing where a keto diet makes fat melt away on a lot of people can have the flip complete opposite effect on others. Yeah, it, right. it actually did. And, and I'm very curious to see, I shared with you, you know, privately, and I don't mind sharing it now that I'm on blood pressure medication. Right. And I just attributed it to um, genetics, my family, they are um, predominantly overweight, and um, they have high blood pressure. So I just thought it's genetic, you know, yeah. I'm predisposed, but I'm, it's going to be really interesting. Um, over the next few months, be, because I just got my DNA results. Um, right. How and I've changed my diet. I've, I've gotten rid of the saturated fats and um, the high, you know, the high high protein. So I'm. It's going to be curious for me to see if I can get off of those the blood pressure medication. Yeah, and there's there's so many people that we've done this with, and this is where we say that the future of medicine isn't about treatment, right? The future of medicine shouldn't be about I wait to get sick. 
and then do something about that thing that I'm feeling, right? Yeah. That symptom. Mask the symptom and I'm okay. When truly there's a system failure, there's something going on layers before that. And that's the nature of chronic disease. Chronic by nature means that it took years to develop. It didn't, it was, there was no switch that was flipped, right? Yeah. Blood pressure issue. This is why, why does it happen at this age? Why didn't it happen when you were 18, right? Because mm. it took that many years of making the wrong choices to reach that threshold where the system failed. Mm -hmm. And now you're feeling the symptom, right? Mm -hmm. And there was another thing we found in, when it comes to weight, people don't often look at the mind, right? Mm -hmm. And this is when we dove into your genetics, we found that serotonin, that mood regulator, that thing that's supposed to keep you in the middle, right? Um, you're dysregulated, meaning mm -hmm. that it's hard for you to sort of act or react as appropriate for the moment, you'll overreact, underreact, overexcited, underexcited, irritable, you know, sitting in a meeting, what's that noise? I can't focus, right? That's serotonin dysregulation. But the healthcare implication of that is people that are dysregulated for serotonin, when they have that bad experience, the negative, the irritability, you tend to lean on food as a coping mechanism, right? And you don't even know you're doing it. You perceive it as real because your body is just trying to bring you back too good like a good state i'm irritated it's disrupting whatever i'm trying to do right now yeah. so let me do the thing that's easiest to create pleasure which is food right yeah. Yeah. and often and this is where again i applaud you because in the work that you've done to be able to maintain you know while having that challenge that people see as a habit or see as maybe greed or selfish or whatever you can label it as it's literally mm -hmm an instruction in your brain saying, go eat food because you don't feel good right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I do binge on popcorn. I think, oh, in my mind, it's, it's healthy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell yourself anything. Um, <laughs> but I definitely, I don't have one bite of popcorn, you know, I'll have yeah. the whole, I get, I, and that was really interesting for you to look into my mind and tell me all these things that no one else knows, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this is where actually you bring up a really amazing point. Cause this is where the difference between binging and addiction, right? They're, they're both forms of being dependent on some sort of substance or third party, but mm -hmm. different ways about like, how do, how do I do that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And you're a binger, you're wired to binge. Why? Because you have the maximum expression of dopamine binding, meaning that that sense of pleasure, that sense of reward, you experience it more than other people do. And mm -hmm. why? Because when people deploy dopamine, like I ate something or I achieved something, dopamine is deployed and you then bind it. There's a gene called DRD2, which is, determines how dense those binders are. And you have like the maximum density, right? <laughs> that is so, so fascinating because I, you know, I, I was also bulimic when I was younger and, um, you know, it's not something I talk about a lot, but it makes so much more sense now why I did things that I did in my past, you know? Yeah. And so, not just maybe not sorry, maybe not just the pressure from the modeling industry, which I just thought it was, but it was it's actually it, I'm I'm predisposed to that as well. Yeah, it, it's some it's it, this binging behavior is it's hard for me to take interest or do if I were to speak as if I had that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to take interest in things because I'm constantly satisfied. But when I find the thing that's important to me or creates reward or pleasure, I die beep and I'm stuck in it. That's what binging is, right? 
So same thing, when you focus, when you start to enjoy managing your body and how important it becomes to not gain that weight and you see the needle move, yes, that would lead to things like bulimia, right? Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're, just, you're so deep down that path, it's hard for you to manage it at a balanced level. And then your serotonin on top of that being dysregulated, you're seeing details that other people don't see and every little notch of that needle affects you right Mm. and so if that is your focus if that's the thing that's giving you pleasure or a sense of reward which it probably was like i feel rewarded when i'm not gaining weight or i'm losing weight yeah you're gonna go so so deep down that path that you'll ultimately cause yourself a health problem it's just what path did you go down i could have gone down a path of creating art and become the most incredible artist Mm -hmm. yours was the body type and you saw it your family around you there was obesity there was Mm -hmm. cardiovascular issues so it was a cognitive cognitive thing like i need to manage this right Mm -hmm. and you over managed it which is what your brain type would typically do yeah yeah it makes me feel a bit better that i was i always felt it was weak or you know like that i wasn't strong enough but it maybe, you know, it just helps a lot, like psychologically knowing that I was, I, I have this genetic, um, you know, predisposition to certain things, binging and, um, and it's not all my fault, you know? Yeah. And the, the key thing there is, is that it's not, so these types of things, people often chalk up to exactly like you're saying weakness, like, and the people around them also label it as that, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, you can't control yourself or oh, you're greedy or selfish or whatever the label is. Right. Yeah. But if you know, you, if you have the context and you understand your wiring, your neural wiring, mm-hmm. not only are you informed and you understand, but it's also, it's a superpower. You unlock the superpower that you didn't realize was there, right? My ability to do the deep dive and focus and achieve to a level other people can't and do the job better than anyone. So this is where understanding, it's not a diagnosis. It's not, hey, you have some rare disease. It's its awareness of how your brain actually works to be able to then understand why you make the choices you make, why you behave the way you behave so that you can make better choices and that's ultimately the outcome from understanding cognitive wiring okay so kashif how do i fix this <laughs> serotonin issue so there are so the, the funny thing is that with a lot of these things that express is what we call mental health issues right not to say that there aren't mental health issues for sure we need in fact it's a crisis right now especially post-covid uh, but there's certain elements that really aren't call it disease, meaning it's something that you're stuck with that you need to treat, but they can be adjusted at the genetic level. And often with supplementation, if you go to any health food store, a healthy planet here in Toronto and ask anyone, can, is there a supplement for balancing my serotonin? They'll give you multiple options, mm-hmm. right? It already exists. The question was, how did I know that's what I needed? Mm-hmm. You know, And so there's, there's certain people that are very tuned in that read and learn and you know health and wellness is a is a focus and so they're doing the right things and but for the most part again we wait to get sick and then we treat it and then we're only treating the thing we feel as opposed to why it's happening Mm -hmm. and so the first question is to understand who am i well how am i wired and why is all this stuff happening and this is for you again you know there's literally simple supplements you take balance that serotonin that then dependency of i lean on food as a coping mechanism would go away Right. Right. Is that the omega supplement? Uh, so the actual uh, 
supplement like literally there's all these products that are called you know serotonin regulators for example right they're in any health food store okay you know the omega what we find it really helps with what's called bdnf brain-derived neurotropic factor it's good for the heart cardiovascular but it upregulates bdnf which is neuroplasticity so it's repair of the brain it's you know circadian rhythm my ability to uh sleep properly my ability to deal with concussion uh, that's what omega is really good for. These things, there's, you know, again, there's blood biomarkers that your doctors can test you for. And they'll say that this chemical is off, this chemical is off. But why is it off? That's the thing that we're missing. How does the mitochondrial support help with my, um, my the high blood pressure? This was one of the biggest red flags we found in your genetics, right? Yeah. This is where we said that at the mitochondrial level. So what is, what is happening at the cell? A cell's job is to basically create energy and, and thrive. That's a cell's job. It takes nutrition from your food and it takes oxygen from the air and it creates energy. Mm -hmm. That's what a cell is meant to do. All of your 4 trillion plus cells in your body. In that process, taking oxygen in and creating energy, you produce what's called an oxidant right? So it's a toxin, a free radical. Mm -hmm. So the same thing that gives you life and keeps you alive is slowly aging you and killing you. Mm -hmm. So what's meant to happen is at the mitochondria level, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. That's where this activity actually happens, creating energy. And within that powerhouse, there's a battery. It's called ATP. That's where you store the energy. So for some people, they do this process quite efficiently. I take oxygen and I take fuel, food, sorry, and I create energy that I then live off of and thrive. And for some people, that last step of that oxidant, that soot or smoke that's created from burning fuel, just like if mm. I were to burn gas or any other fuel, it doesn't clear, mm. right? And one of the biggest red flags we found in your genetics was that you do this at the worst possible level, mm. right? So what, what does that lead to? That leads to your cells are under constant stress of this, uh, that soot, that smoke, that byproduct, the oxidants that are sitting at the cellular level and not being cleared. What's meant to happen, get rid of it, put it into blood, send it to the liver, metabolize it, get rid of it. Your liver is your detox system, right? Mm -hmm. Yours just sits at the cell. It's like a load, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you take on top of that, what were you doing? You know, was I doing heavy cardiovascular exercise, which I think you were, yeah, right? Yeah. Which means that I'm doing even more of this, taking oxygen, burning this battery now. I'm no longer just using the energy in my blood, but I'm my output is so high that I now need to burn that ATP, that battery, that mm -hmm. store of fuel, which is producing even more of this oxidant, this soot, this smoke. If you layer on top of that, we looked at your genetics, you don't detoxify so well. Right. So you're creating all this stuff that you don't clear, just sitting there and little of it that actually gets into the blood to actually get rid of, you don't get rid of it. So mm -hmm. now the question be, can be, you take this exact same genetic profile, put someone on a beach somewhere where they just live off the sea and eat fish and have no stress. And all, they may never get sick mm -hmm. because there's no load on the cell, right? Take that right. same genetic profile, give them your lifestyle, which is high paced, in the city with pollution, quick, fast meals, like I'm trying to do what I can to move around, you know, high pace, stress, lack of sleep, load, 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 load on top of I can't clear what I'm doing. And on the, the biggest red flag, I would say is the cardiovascular exercise where you're actually creating that 
more flow of oxygen oxygen into oxidant mm -hmm. what does this do rapid aging mm. the cells what the definition of aging is literally the sort of damage to your dna your cells slowly uh, having that stress that leads to aging at the cellular, which is why people's hair turns white, which is why the skin starts to sag, which is why you see a marathon runner who seemingly you would think is very healthy because all they do is exercise. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, when you look at a marathon runner, what do you typically see? The skin is like wrinkled. It's kind of, you know, this old abused look because mm -hmm. they've put so much oxidative stress on their cells from this process we've talked about, right? So that was the risk for you. And the emergency is we need to get into your cells and clear that stuff, mm. right? Because yeah. you're now at, at the age, 50 is the time where all this stuff starts to translate into disease. It's unfortunate, but 50% 50, 50 of North Americans have a chronic disease by the age of 50. Wow. An even greater number will have two chronic diseases by the age of 60. Oh, it is expected, it's, it's taken for granted that we spend the last 15 years of our life in treatment for some kind of disease. Mm. That is the expectation. Mm. Why? Because you do this for 50 years and eventually the body will give up. What disease is just depending on which cells you had the most load and the least capability. And this is where if I say one more thing, the risk for you there was, remember when we dove into your cellular structure, mm -hmm. where did you have weak cellular structure was in the arteries at the endothelial lining, mm -hmm. right? So in your arteries, this tube that the blood flows through, most heart disease doesn't happen in the heart. It happens in the arteries, that cholesterol, plaque buildup, calcification, all those types of things. The, the inner tube where the blood actually flows through and touches is called the endothelial lining. It's a very thin cell membrane, which is what the blood actually touches. Genetically, we, pre we predetermined that you have the weak version of that, that cellular structure isn't so good, mm -hmm. right? Which means mitochondria not so good. You're, you know, you're maintaining this load of that soot, that smoke in the cells. You're not getting rid of it. Of the little you do get rid of, it doesn't clear the blood so well because your detox is not great. Where are you going to have stress? Which cells are going to fail first? Endothelial, because they're, we already know that they're not the best, right? Yeah. Now, the good news is you're not there yet. You're not experiencing, other than the blood pressure, which we're also going to deal with, you're not there yet. It's not cholesterolemia. It's not plaque buildup. You're not on the a Lipitor or a statin drug. In understanding all of this, we can do something that's not treatment, which is not treated disease. We can do what's called disease reversal, okay. right? I can literally, and I'm not saying me personally, but I mean, we as a population, chronic diseases, we can reverse. You can prevent if you're early enough, but you can also reverse. And it's interesting that the, the pressure, the social pressure is so high now that the powers that be can't deny it anymore. So the Center for Disease Control in the United States has actually created a diabetes disease reversal program now that they're sort of employing that uh, clinicians should adopt, mm. right? And this is the first time that the chronic disease has been looked in this way that we can actually reverse something as opposed to treat it because the evidence is just insurmountable and undeniable and they just can't put it aside anymore. Anyways, long story short, this is the thing that we're going to work with you on for the next few months. Okay. And what would be great is to come back 
and to talk about why you look 10 years younger <laughs> okay. and cool. feel 15 years younger, you know, cool. not to say that you, I mean, you already look, uh, you, nobody would ever guess your age, but it can always be better. Right. And you don't think that the damage is irreversible. What I did with my keto diet and eating that high fat, you think I can clear that what I've done to them on a, on a cellular level with my, yeah. and this is the thing with the fat. One thing we know about fat is people transform their bodies all the time, right? You, you, you know better than anyone at Hollywood. It's like, you know, look at, uh, you know, look at somebody like Mark Wahlberg's fit for a movie in the next day. And then he's like obese for some other film, you know? So that part is, uh, I shouldn't say easy, but manageable. When you've done damage at the cellular level, there's some degree that's going to stick. But the whole goal is to keep it under the threshold where disease is expressing. 50 years of damage, yes, damage has been done. But if you're not going to get sick, it really doesn't matter, right? You may not be optimal and the most efficient you could be, but you're not going to be sick either. And that's the goal. This is the journey that we're going to go through on, which I'm excited to work with you on, is let's get rid of that blood pressure issue. Let's make sure you don't ever get sick Let's in terms of cardiovascular, et cetera. So yeah, so the short answer, there's damage done. As long as you're not crossing that threshold where it's turning into disease, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. Let's keep you out of disease. And for those of us that are suffering disease, let's reverse it. Chronic disease. There's things that, you know, are genetic. You're going to have them. And there's and then there's not much that can be done about that other than treatment or waiting for some genetic therapeutic that may come one day. You know, there's acute, I broke my arm. Yeah, you got to go to the hospital and fix it. Chronic disease, it's a choice. Got it. So if you... You know, if this tool was given to you and which it was, and like you could do anything with it and you were to apply this to that unique population that you dealt with, that sort of supermodel world, that high paced fashion world, what would be that magic thing that you could, you would want to draw out of it that you think everybody needs? Well, I really wish that I had known or been given this information when I was modeling because I suffered so many years, you know, trying to fit into this this model body and I was I, I was going through I was only given the guidance that I should be skinny but not how to do it you know um, I was eating all the wrong things and and suffering greatly mentally as well and I really wish that um, that I had been given you know these tools to to understand my body and how it works and a paleo diet is best for me and um it's not starving myself and all of these things i went through i i really um i wish i had this information when i was so much younger you know yeah i can imagine the impact of you know like you said the business is how do i stay skinny and the roots to get there probably aren't the healthiest right no. And if you actually knew how your body does that, it could be done in a very healthy way. And, and if you think, go beyond modeling, but just every young girl that has these pressures, every young boy that's in high school that's trying to fit into, it's, a, it's an age where this pressure just exists and we know it exists, right? Yeah. And the choices that are being made are not healthy and right. for the wrong reasons. And just imagine if parents could inform and empower their kids with what actually gets them to their goals so that it relieves that pressure right and, and, and it allows them to be healthy and, and still get what they want and so it crosses over beyond the profession to just general everybody needs to know this right right and 
there is so much suffering with body image these days, more, no, more so now than ever because of the internet and um, social media and, you know, retouched images. People, no one, no one has a really, a real clear sense of what a healthy body image is anymore. And um, so that's unfortunate, but I, this, this tool is amazing for people that want to know how to be their healthiest, how to be their most fit. I'm really excited now when I, you know, when I eat, when I take care of myself, now I know that I'm actually on the right path. And whereas before I just thought, I, I don't know what to do. I, I kind of give up. And I'm really excited about this new chapter in my life. I feel more excited about being 50 now in a few days and than ever before. <laughs> That's amazing. And we would love to continue going on this journey with you, which we're going to, and work on not only those things, but some of the healthcare issues. And I'm sure listeners would love to hear in a month or so from now, how things are going and the changes that have been made you know, you can really inspire a lot of people with the work you're doing. And it's awesome that you're doing this for yourself and for your family just to be healthy. And we would love to talk to you again, you know, in a month or so and just see how it's going and let people know. Sure. Sounds good. I can't wait to check back in. Thank you for opening up and talking about your you know, personal issues, especially the fertility one. I know that's a touchy subject, but it really helps people understand that things can be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm happy to share my, my to, to save some other people some of the heartache. So thank you for having me on. And Monica, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, hear about your story, I'm not sure if you're going to be sharing it on social, but what are you up to these days and how can people find you? Well, I'm on, I'm on Instagram um, mostly, and um, I'm working on some exciting new projects, some um, skincare, hair care coming soon. <laughs> awesome. Thank you again for opening up and sharing. And as I'm sure people will follow your story as we go, get through this online and look forward to talking to you again. From the DNA Company, this has been the Unpilled Podcast with your host, Kashif Khan. Thanks for listening.